Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Today on my show, America Can We Talk, I'm going to lay out the case for you that the Spygate, Russiagate scandal is the biggest scandal in American history and that no matter who's in the White House, we must get to the bottom of it. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show and to today's First Five. Today we're in day two in Washington of the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing testimony and examining the nominee who President Trump would like to be the next Attorney General, William Barr. This is a man who has been attorney general in the past, who is an attorney general under President Bush, and the Democrats are already making noise about the fact they don't think he should be confirmed as attorney general. This is, of course, to replace Jeff Sessions, but Trump nominated William Barr in December, and today was day two of the hearing. The Democrats are arguing that this William Barr should not be uh, confirmed because he, in their view, after years of serving in the Justice Department and the CIA and other places in government, uh, has exhibited, exhibited a tolerance for wrongdoing on the part of the people in the administration. I think that's hogwash. However, I think he should not be confirmed because he's exhibited in this Judiciary Committee hearing a cluelessness about what is really at stake in the Mueller investigation, what is really happening in the Mueller investigation of this alleged Trump-Russia collusion. Today on my show, I'm going to lay out for you that argument that this is the biggest scandal in American history. And William Barr, in his testimony, first agreed that he would not in any way, as attorney general, in any way uh, interfere with uh, the um, Russia probe. Translation, he will not do anything like take charge and say, you know what, Mr. Mueller, you've been at it a year plus. You've spent whatever it is, $22 million. You've uncovered no collusion between Trump and the Russians. You have instead dug into the history of every single person who's ever crossed Donald Trump's path. You prosecuted people, maybe for things that are legitimate to prosecute, but have nothing to do with Trump-Russia collusion. Time to wrap this up. William Barr exhibited ignorance about the reality of what the Mueller investigation is, which is not in the slightest an investigation into the question of whether or not there was Trump-Russia collusion. It is not an investigation. It is a determined witch hunt, to use Trump's word, to find some reason to bring down the duly elected president of the United States. William Barr does not seem to get this. His other shortcoming is that in addition to having, he does have years of experience in Washington, which include years of experience working with Mueller previously. He is not going to be able to handle Mueller in the way a firm, law-abiding, justice-seeking attorney general will do. Mueller and Barr worked together years ago when Barr was the attorney general. And Mueller ran, the, I think, the criminal division, so they're friends. They're good enough friends that Mueller, the special prosecutor, went to Barr's daughter's weddings. And the wives of these two men go to Bible study together. He's too close. He is too connected. He is too personally attached to Mueller. We need a tougher person in the, as attorney general. So I don't know what will happen in Washington, but my wish is that the uh, Senate committee decide not to confirm Barr 
and move forward. Find Trump needs to move forward and find someone tougher. I'm Debbie Georgette. This is my first five. Come right back. And welcome again. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. We had Mr. Barr's picture up there a moment ago. I'm not saying he's not a good guy. He's probably a good guy, but here's where we are. We need an attorney general willing to acknowledge that the Mueller investigation has gone way, 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 way beyond the limits of the investigation, the purpose of the investigation to start with, and has turned into an unrelenting uh, determination to find some reason to take down President Trump, including prosecuting his, uh, prosecuting people who were uh, in any way affiliated with Trump, anyway knew him, on charges unrelated to anything to do with the Trump campaign or the Trump presidency. I want to spend today doing a deep dive into the Mueller investigation or Spygate, but really, and a lot of Americans don't know this, so this is why I want to lay it out in sequence, the Mueller investigation was initiated at a time when the Russiagate spygate, the real scandal behind all of this, which was the abuse of our national law enforcement agencies, was already in place. The, this whole scandal did not start with the appointment of Mueller and the beginning of the Russia-Trump collusion investigation. This whole scandal started back in around 2011 and 2012 when President Obama was still president. And when his administration, now we know, was using the NSA database, the top secret, never to be accessed for frivolous reasons, database to spy on political enemies. This is the actual start of the Spygate scandal. And that's why this, um, we have to start there to understand the story. I actually have a, a bullet points I want to share with you. I just, because I think, you know, I don't know if you ever read books or, um, I, I mean, fun books. Like I love to read spy novels. I love to read mysteries. And sometimes you get way into the book and you realize that there are so many characters and so many events and so many references. And you kind of lost track, especially if you only read a few pages a day, you have to go back and say, wait, wait, who was that person? I mean, now they're mentioning some character. You're not sure who it was. Well, this whole situation is kind of like that because the Russia Trump collusion investigation initiated uh, when Mueller was appointed. Well, actually, he just kind of took over the investigation when he was appointed a special counsel. But it is interwoven, like in a spy novel, with many things, many stories. If you can see in the screen, Obama's weaponization of the government, the use of the NSA database. We're going to talk about he was doing, what was uncovered, how sinister, how evil, how wrong this was. At the same time period, we had Hillary Clinton serving as Secretary of State, having cooked up her homemade server, having used her homemade server to send and receive emails that were top secret, completely illegal, no two ways about it, set up that server at home for the purpose, it's very obvious to many people, to circumvent both having to answer Freedom of Information Act requests, of having her emails in any way accessible by people in the government. This is happening at the same time and gets tied in with this whole scandal. Third, the Clinton campaign in 2016, Hillary's running for president now. She 
concocts this Steele dossier with the help of Perkins Coie and the Fusion GPS people and Christopher Steele. They come up with a Steele dossier, which essentially was a smear job piece that Hillary had created, her campaign had created, to try to destroy Donald Trump. And that dossier ended up being used to get FISA warrants. The FISA warrants were warrants issued by the FISA court that are supposed to relate to foreign service and spies. But this, this is the next piece of this. And I'm trying to break this down because I know what happens to a lot of people. Let me finish them. Last one is the Mueller's appointment. Mueller's, and I'm going to tell you at the end, and I'll say it right now, the Mueller investigation is the cover-up. It is a cover-up, the cover-up to what Obama concocted and was doing what was happening inside the highest levels of the FBI and Department of Justice. This investigation by Mueller is a major league monstrous effort to distract the American people, the American public, the media, and Congress from looking into the real scandal, which was what happened was happening inside the Department of Justice, inside the FBI, the Mueller campaign, the Mueller prosecution, the Mueller investigation, is a is itself the cover-up and i will lay out this case for you today i was really happy by the way matt the producer my wonderful producer here told me i have three hours today which is good because i need three hours to get through all this but i think actually he's going to cut me off after about 45 minutes so i'm gonna try to get through it all today as a separate thing i'm, I'm doing by the way i'm also creating a, a list of names i don't have them ready for today but there's so many players involved like those mystery novels you read and you go wait wait back who, who is nelly Orr again who is that who's glenn simpson who's this there's so many players involved but it matters to understand i'll tell you now and i'll tell you at the end why it matters so much this was the corruption of the actual actual top levels of our Department of Justice and the FBI at the behest of a Democratic administration, the Obama administration, who wanted to do whatever they could, first to weaponize the data gathered by the NSA, use data collected by our government in an illicit and illegal manner to spy on American and the political enemies of the administration, and it morphed into the effort to bring down the Trump campaign in 2016, and then when Trump won the election, to bring down the Trump presidency. The Mueller appointment of special counsel came at the end of a lot of bad stuff, and that's what I'm gonna dive into today. So let's start with Obama's weaponization of government, the very first one, the NSA unmasking. What was happening was the NSA, National Security Agency, is by law permitted, they, they gather mountains of data. They have data on people all over this country, text messages, emails, phone calls, phone messages. They have data, it's their job you know, to gather data. It's supposed to be highly secretive, highly protected. The point is to have the data if you need it. There are specific procedures involved in getting access to that data. The Obama administration was discovered uh, as this, um, not until I think it was 2017 till it finally became public, but it was discovered that the Obama administration had been hacking into, not hacking into, had been using their ability, because high-level people in the government have the ability to, it's called query, Q-U-E-R-Y, query, query, ask of, make a question of, you know, ask a question of the database. 
Do you have information on this person? Do you have information on that person? The database itself, the NSA database, is supposed to be related to, or the portions that we're talking about, related to people believed to be actual spies or working with spies, working Americans working for a foreign entity. So this, what they were doing is hacking into the data, not hacking, I shouldn't say that word. They were using the querying process, abusing the querying process to gather information about political enemies. There were, not only was the Obama administration doing it, but it was also being done by the, um, by people appointed to, affiliated with the Obama people. In particular, the um, data was actually being accessed by people who weren't even government uh, employees. They weren't even uh, part of the Obama administration. There was a private entity that was hacking in and using that information. And that, um, and that uh, information came to the public. It was actually first reported in May of 2017 that Obama's intelligence agency secretly conducted illegal searches on Americans for years and that Barack Obama was routinely violated the, that privacy by securing, and it just gets into too much detail, but, but the point is they're gathering information on Americans. And part of what, you now we're going to get to FISA in a second, the, the uh, FISA court is the one, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act is the, is the name of the act, and the FISA court is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. Their job, that court, a highly, highly specialized court, the members of the FISA court, it's not a court like you would see in your hometown, a court on Main Street, you know, a courthouse on Main Street. The FISA court is comprised of federal judges selected by this, the Supreme Court justice, by the chief justice of the Supreme Court, who names the members of the FISA court. Highly accomplished, highly reliable, trustworthy. It's a major deal to be a FISA court judge. So FISA courts, the FISA court hears applications from the Department of Justice about wanting to get search warrants on people. Wanting to say, for example, the, the one that be, we all were hearing about was with respect to the Trump administration, Carter Page. Carter Page was someone that was being identified by the Obama team as somebody we need to get a FISA warrant on because we think he's serving as, as an agent of the Russians. They, they didn't really think that, but they said that. I'm getting at this to say that the Obama's weaponization of, the, of our government, I mean, we could, we have other times, and you probably already know, but Obama, his administration, was not just weaponizing the NSA and the DOJ and the FBI. They weaponized the IRS against Tea Party groups. They really, it was a major transition from our rule of law in America, what the Obama court uh, administration did over the years. So Obama's doing this, hitting on the, um, the intelligence agencies, gathering information on Americans. And you might remember that there was a... Um, so there, so there are a lot of queries, a lot of uh, dings in the NSA database are showing up. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I will put them in a I'll post. On the, if you're watching this on Facebook, I can post it later. But the head of the NSA, at the time, the head of the NSA began to notice the extremely large number of queries to the database out of normal bounds, out of normal expected bounds. And this guy was Mike Rogers. He's one of the heroes of our story. Mike Rogers, hero of our story, was the head of the NSA at the time, and he starts to wonder what in the world is happening. So uh, 
he, Mike Rogers, realizes these large numbers and he's beginning to look into it and saying there are actually queries to the to this top secret NSA database by outside entities. These aren't even government people who might have a legitimate you know, reason, a legitimate uh, right under federal law to look into these. These are these are other people somehow looking in. So Mike Rogers begins to get suspicious. So he orders in April of 2016. So this is now Obama's been doing this for years. The Obama team has He's still present April of 2016. April 2016, Mike Rogers, head of the NSA, orders the NSA Office of Compliance to conduct a review of compliance associated with Section 702. I am not going to get into all sorts of legal detail about the sections of the law, but Section 702 is the, the section of the FISA law that allows the government to target foreign persons outside the U.S. for surveillance. And what happens is with these FISA warrants, so they, they say, okay, we've identified so-and-so. We are going to issue a warrant permitting, the term isn't really wiretapping, well, that's the term Trump used, but permitting spying, accessing these people's communications. So when you do that, if, you, if FISA court has said, okay, we got a, we got a, a um, warrant application we think is legitimate, we're going to go ahead and issue a warrant permitting the spying of, you know, so-and-so, some Russian. So every person that that, that, that uh, person is being targeted, well, every person they talk to, of course, their identity, their conversations, their words are caught up in what is grabbed, what is spied on by th- that the FISA court has authorized. So they end up with a lot of people who weren't really the target of the warrant. They, the warrant wasn't given to spy on a person that everybody who's in a conversation is only given to spy on that one person. But what the Obama people have been doing was not only having using his FISA warrants um, to get it to record conversations, but then the term is unmasking. That's where the term came from. People involved in conversations with the target who actually had a warrant against them, but then you're, they're supposed to protect or mask the identity of people who are innocent, who are in those conversations. They're supposed to mask it but they didn't do that. They went out of the way to unmask the identity of people who were not the target of the warrant and then pass that information around in Washington among federal agencies. So we had Obama weaponizing the government, spying on and unmasking as far as back as 2012. In fact, I was reading today, we're only 2011, abusing the NSA database. So Mike Rogers, the head of the NSA, realizes this. As I say, he, he's a hero of the day. He realizes this is he orders in April 2016, he orders the NSA to look into it. And in June or July um, of that same year, when Obama is trying desperately to find a way to destroy Donald Trump, they have been working at trying to identify Carter Page as someone who should be spied on. So they're trying to go, now they're turning to the FISA court and, they, and the Obama administration through the DOJ, went to the FISA court and said, we need a warrant to spy on Carter Page. And at this time, the application Obama team made to FISA court to spy on Carter Page was turned down by the FISA court. They declined to issue a warrant. And that happens about one out of every 10,000 warrant applications, meaning it never happens. But they had so little evidence, so little basis to argue that they should get to start to spy on Carter Page that the FISA court turned them down.
Okay, so now Mike Rogers, he's realizing, you know, something's really amiss here. Uh, so Mike Rogers, uh, he has this internal study done of his own agency saying, who are all these people pinging the NSA database? Who is, you know, grabbing this top secret data? The numbers are so out of bounds. So he, ha he has the investigation done. And then in October, around 21st of 2016, Mike Rogers, head of the NSA, goes and reports his findings to the Department of Justice. So the Department of Justice, the Obama Department of Justice, October 2016, now realizes that the head of the NSA is on to their gig. You got to get that point. Rogers is now thinking he's talking to his allies in the Department of Justice, the people who are supposed to be on the side of the rule of law. He's telling them, hey, we got a big problem. The NSA database is being just pinged all the time by people who have no right. The DOJ is Obama's DOJ. He goes and tells them. So now they've got heads up that they're looking into it. And then just a few days later, October 24th, Mike Rogers goes to the FISA court. He goes to the FISA court himself and says, you know what, the NSA database that we try to protect with this top secret information, that we have procedures, that we don't have people just uh, randomly or casually getting access, it has somehow been breached. It has been, there have been, has been too much permission given, too many, too many people asking, there's something really wrong here. So he, Mike Rogers, tells the FISA court this in October of 2016. Okay, while all this is happening, let me back up and tell you on plan B, we had, um, oh, actually to finish that one. So Mike Rogers has go, gone to FISA, he tells them, look, this is really bad. NSA database has been uh, horribly breached. He also then, eventually, the, the chief judge of the FISA court, uh, Rosemary Collier, looks into the investigate, looks into what um, NSA has turned up. Looks, I mean, obviously Mike Rogers shows the FISA court, here's what my investigation showed. NSA's, you know, really, the database has been abused. He, Mike Rogers, has told this to the FISA court. Now the uh, chief judge of the FISA court named Rosemary Collier does her own investigation into this. And I try to get all these dates in here. Rosemary Collier uh, wrote a report. Okay, so by eight, so this is happening October, 2016 that he, Rogers, is telling FISA, now we fast forward to April of 2017, and Rosemary Collier, head of the FISA court, issued a 99-page blistering, angry denouncement of the conduct of the Department of Justice, conduct of the breach into the NSA database. So she is agreeing with Mike Rogers' read of it. She's saying, this is bad. This is the Obama administration. I mean, not saying she named Obama, but the, his administration has profoundly abused the rule of law, profoundly abused the NSA database, the privacy of the American citizens, the sacrosanct nature of this data that we collect. She issues a blistering opinion about what Mike Rogers has uncovered in the NSA. Now, I think we can go to the next slide. Now, at the same time, all of this is happening. I want to go back to Hillary and her server and the emails and just the destruction. It all weaves together. Good thing I have three hours to talk to you today. So Hillary Clinton, she is appointed, uh, as you know, Secretary of State. She sets up a private email server in her home. 
that is not permitted by federal law. She is required as a secretary of state, the head of the State Department, to use an email server that has the protections created by the federal government. So that because obviously foreign nations, enemies, uh, creepy, not just foreign nations, but enemies of all, of all kinds of uh, enemies of America want to hack in and see the emails of the top level people in our country. Hillary ignores the law, sets up an email server at home. And the thing is, and it was pointed out at the time, I want to make sure you understand this, it wasn't like it was a secret. If you ever email someone who works for the federal government, I email my friends who work in Congress, I email people in Congress, I know there's a protocol, you know, it's a Joe Blow at, and it's, you know, house.gov.us or whatever it is, there's a protocol. Everyone understands that you know that that's where the email is going, to something inside Congress. Well, as a State Department employee, same thing. There was a State Department email protocol. So everyone who sent her an email the entire time she was Secretary of State knew that she was not using the server, the protected email system the State Department provided. Everybody knew that, including President Obama, everyone affiliated with her in her administration, the entire State Department. She had a homebrew server, and it was something like at Hillary.Clinton or whatever it was, a, a name she made up. It was, not, it, it was not what she was supposed to do. Federal law, specifically, and just unquestionably, does not allow this. You can't just you know, create your own server at home. So this was uh, part of what the big investigation was of Hillary, of you know, this homebrew server she concocted, whether or not she had managed to endanger national security secrets, which of course she had. And so there was a uh, investigation by the Department of Justice into whether or not, you know, what, what, about the homebrew server and what happened and, and you know, uh, what was in danger. And she lied about it. She first said, oh, nothing, nothing at all. And then um, they, she tried to say no top secret, nothing with any kind of a confidential ranking, confidential uh, categorization ever came through my email, which of course could not be true. She's a secretary of state. They're not all emails about the bowling league. They're about what she does. Later acknowledged, yes, top secret, the, whatever the categorization is, I've forgotten the name of it, above top secret, all of those flowing in and out of her email server, anyone could get access. So it was a, it was a huge and clear, unequivocal violation of federal law. But it wasn't just Hillary implicated. It was everybody who ever emailed her, including President Obama. So investigation goes on, you know, and you all know about the email. Um, you know, emails being deleted. Hillary, there were something like 33,000 emails that she said, oh, I lost them. And the bottom line is, finally, the, even the FBI acknowledged that Hillary's team had used a, a, a thing called bleachbit, an absolute destruction me uh, method of destroying her emails that could never be recovered. She said, oh, really? They were just about, you know, my daughter's wedding and my yoga schedule. 33,000. That's a lot of email, 33,000. But that's what she said. So Hillary's got her email problem. Her and, and the thing, the other thing I want to get at is the reason Hillary set up a private email server was to avoid the public scrutiny that, could, that comes with every federal government employee when FOIA, Freedom of Information Act requests, are made. Hillary was very much hiding, most people believe, myself included, that there was a pay-to-play situation going on. She is encouraging foreign entities and others to give donations to the Clinton Foundation in exchange for her favors to them. She managed to 
put through as Secretary of State the Uranium One deal where Russia, Russia, the big player in this whole scandal, got 20% of America's uranium assets at a time her husband was paid whatever the amount was, over half a million dollars, to go give a 20-minute speech someplace. Arguments about pay-to-play, for sure, Clinton Foundation scandals, Benghazi, the whole argument about what happened in Benghazi, the lie that the Obama administration put out and Hillary put out and Susan Rice put out saying, oh, the attack in Benghazi, that had nothing to do with uh, the, the locals. That was just a, a filmmaker that made people so mad it was a spontaneous riot. They lied. There are probably a lot of emails that would have shown they lied. Those were among the many reasons Hillary's deciding she's keeping her email server private. Pay for play, Benghazi, and whatever other stuff she's up to. So that's all hidden. She destroys it. Comey, head of the FBI, looks into, does the investigation, and does the famous speech in July of 2016 where he essentially said, yes, it appears that she said private email server. Yes, there were confidential things that came. If you watched the speech that Comey gave, you probably thought, as we did, wow, Comey is going to admit that Hillary broke the law and that, you know, maybe be prosecuted. So Comey finishes a whole long press conference, runs through all the laws that she broke, you know, endangered national security secrets. I mean, it was four specific federal laws irrefutably broken by her and ends the press conference by saying, but I didn't find any any, uh, evidence of her intent to break the law. She didn't intend and therefore an intent you know, to break these laws and um, no reasonable prosecutor would prosecute this. Okay, that's not even his job, but he's covering for Hillary. Comey is covering for Hillary. He's giving her, he's signaling to the, which he probably already had the conversation anyway, but Loretta Lynch's uh, Department of Justice, this is not going to be, not to be prosecuted. So Hillary has her own problem. Destruction of emails, destruction of the SIM cards with bleach bit hammers, I mean, destruction of physical evidence um, likely content, the pay-to-play, um, and that, uh, and also just refusing to turn over records because she never wants to do that. And Comey ends up with his and no evidence of intent, which is, to be very clear, here's my lawyer head kicking in, the laws she violated. Laws recite, I can tell you, federal laws and state laws recite what level of intent, if any, must be found in order to prosecute. None of the laws Hillary broke require intent. It's irrelevant what she intended. It's what she did. But Comey wanted to give her a break. Okay, we got to go to the next slide. So the Mueller deep state, all stuff is happening. At the same time, Hillary is hiring Perkins Coie. Hillary's campaign is going on. She hires a law firm, Perkins Coie. They, in turn, hire Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS, a smear merchant, that is their... That is their, that's what they do for a living. They are just smear merchants. You hire them to smear someone, find, dig dirt on somebody else. She, or Perkins Coie, hires Fusion GPS to find dirt on Trump during the 2016 election cycle. Hillary is getting, so this is how the dossier was created. Christopher Steele, former British spy, hired by Fusion GPS, he comes up with this dossier. The dossier, which has, you know, impossibly ridiculous stories, utterly unverified still to this day january 2019 still to this day no verification but this dossier is a bunch of you know just really kind of bizarre and um salacious allegations about trump and he comes up with this dossier this christopher Steele does 
and he takes it. So he's got the, the dossier. There are connections between Fusion GPS and the Department of Justice. Nellie Orr works for Fusion GPS. Her husband, Bruce Orr, is in the Department of Justice. So they've got connections going there. I mean, this is why I'm going to do a chart another time with all these people involved. It's almost impossible to keep track. But I'm getting, when I'm doing this, I'm going to say the point now, and I'll say it again at the end. The Mueller investigation is the cover-up of the real Spygate scandal. The reason it is ongoing is to protect all of these bad actors, bad players in the Democrat Party, during the Obama administration, during the Hillary Clinton campaign, and inside the Department of Justice and the FBI. Because that dossier, cooked up by some guy, Christopher Steele, was the primary basis for the FISA warrant applications being uh, being submitted by the FBI and Department of Justice to the FISA court to begin or to continue spying on Trump and his team. Remember I said first, Carter Page, first application, DOJ made. And by the way, the Department of Justice, you have, to, you have to swear out a warrant and say, we have this information. We believe it's true. I've had on my show before a former FBI agent whose job it was to come up with these dossiers and he, with these applications, and he will tell you that you have to sign under penalty of perjury and you have to take it to the Department of Justice and they have to sign under penalty of perjury. So all this application process was you they did this with a dossier utterly unverified to this day dossier used to issue the um the warrants to be to continue spying on the trump campaign we're getting near we got a slide to the next slide one more slide i think to go and um so we get around to now uh, trump shocked the world shocked hillary won the, the presidency and now hillary is looking for not only a reason to point out why she really couldn't have lost. It must be because Russia was colluding with Trump. This is what she's trying to argue. But the other piece of it is that now you have all these players, everyone involved in these fake uh, applications for FISA warrants in this. And, and you have a, you know, a myriad of text messages going back and forth between Peter Strzok and Lisa Page, who were heavily involved in this whole get Trump process. You have those, you have evidence throughout the FBI, Department of Justice, and these people are in a panic. Because now Trump, President Trump, runs the Department of Justice. President Trump appoints the head of the FBI. And so you had major league panic on the American left. So you had Comey. President, the uh, head of the FBI, uh, you know, head of the FBI for I don't know how many years, many years. The first thing he does is gets people within the Department of Justice to convince Jeff Sessions, Trump's new attorney general, convince Jeff Sessions he must recuse himself from the Russia-Trump collusion investigation. He's duped, frankly, because he wasn't ready for the job. Jeff Sessions wasn't ready for the job. He's a great guy. He's not a bad guy. He wasn't ready for the level of evil that was ongoing inside the Department of Justice. Comey gets lawyers inside Department of Justice to convince falsely and wrongly convince Sessions he has to recuse himself. He recuses himself, and now you've got people inside the FBI Department of Justice who are working very hard to cover up what has been happening over the last 
whatever it is, two years, you want to count back to when Obama started all of this, back when he began querying the NSA database, you have these people in a panic. Because now Trump is in charge, and if Trump could ever get an actually strong and good and determined and forthright attorney general in that job, you'd start to see what happened. So the Mueller investigation is launched. Mueller is digging up dirt everywhere he can on everyone who ever met President Trump since fourth grade. And every time they jaywalked, this is his job to dig and dig and dig and dig. I'm going to close with this because we're almost out of time. And I'm going, to, I'm going to have to continue this tomorrow because I want to finish this story. Mueller, inside this, because he is special counsel, appointed by Rod Rosenstein to investigate the Trump-Russia collusion non-existent scandal. Mueller has, in the course of his time, and recently we learn, he has been blocking the effort, we all knew, blocking the effort of the House Intelligence Committee to get to what happened inside the FBI and Department of Justice? The FBI, Department of Justice, failing to respond to the House Intelligence Committee information requests, failed to turn over documents, turning over documents entirely redacted. I mean, it was an un complete unwillingness to cooperate with the House Intelligence Committee. Now we know Mueller has also blocked the Inspector General, Michael Horowitz, whose job it is to be independent of politics, to be the one investigating the Department of Justice. Many people have been holding their breath, thinking somehow Horowitz is going to come up and tell us, this Inspector General, tell us what happened inside the Department of Justice. It came out just this week or at the end of last week that Horowitz has been blocked by Mueller. Mueller basically saying, you can't interfere with an ongoing investigation. Last piece, Jeff Sessions, one of the good things he did, he appointed a special investigator, a U.S. attorney out of Utah named Huber, to do an investigation to find out, did the FBI and Department of Justice actually do their job investigating Hillary Clinton and her emails and her scandals and Uranium One and the pay for play? He appointed Huber to do that investigation. What came out last week is that Mueller, Robert Mueller, has blocked even that investigation. Robert Mueller has told Huber, sorry, you can't look at this, you can't talk to this, you can't see this, you can't, you can't do your job. I, Mueller, am spreading a broad brush and saying anything you want to look at is part of the Mueller investigation and cannot be seen by you. This is the Mueller investigation is the cover-up of what the Obama team and the Democrat Party were engaged in for years, corruption of the NSA, corruption of the Department of Justice, corruption of the FBI, and no matter who is president, this corruption must be rooted out. Because if it's not, if we somehow get to the point where we say, okay, we're going to drop the Mueller investigation and everything's done, and we try to move forward, we will have permitted a true effort by an opposition party not just to weaponize the federal agencies that they're in charge of, the FBI, Department of Justice, the NSA, not just weaponize them, but actually use them to cover up a corrupt, determined scandal to, uh, to use the power of the federal government to destroy a political enemy. That's banana republic level. That's not America. It's not okay. We come back tomorrow on America Can We Talk. I'm going to kind of try to wrap up with, uh, and probably have to spend a bunch of time to finish up where we are tomorrow, what happens with Barr, what happens with actually Michael Cohen's whole other piece 
and, and there's just so much to talk to say about it. But the reason I wanted to really dive in deeply today is this: the only people in this country who can demand that this be corrected, that this outrage and scandal be exposed, corrected, that wrongdoers be prosecuted, is the American people. It's the American people. It's not going to come from inside the government. It's not going to come even from members of Congress. There are only a handful who even tried to get to the truth in the last two years. But the American people in it just standing up and demanding this investigation be completed is the only way we can get to justice. The only way we can salvage these precious, extraordinary components of the rule of law in America. I'm Debbie Georges. This is America Can We Talk. Tomorrow, I'm just going to have to come back and talk more about this tomorrow. Thank you to Matt, the producer, who's always extremely helpful. And you can find links to, this, to the stories I talked about um, on right here on Facebook Live. I'll go down later and put them in. Also at americacanwetalk.org. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Can we talk truth about America?